Hey everyone, just a quick announcement before we get started. Sadly, really recently, honestly, uh, we had a, a friend in the community pass away, uh, Jesse Tapia. He was such an incredible uh, person and friend. And he, uh, as soon as you met him, he, you felt like you were being treated like you were his best friend and you really just wanted to be around him. He was super fun. And, uh, he, we, we had planned to have him come on the show. We had already picked out the character. Um, and we, it, it, it's, it was not, not a, not a fun time hearing about that. That one was, was rough. And currently there is a GoFundMe for Jesse to raise funds for his funeral services. So his family does not have to deal with the financial ramifications that come when someone passes. So we are going to include that GoFundMe link in the show notes of this episode. If you can donate, please do so. Uh, it, it would truly mean a lot to Jesse's family and to us if you would help join that out. So uh, thank you if you have the, the means to do that. Or if you do not, please share the link that we will also be sharing uh, across social media or just directly from our show notes. So thank you once again. Here's the episode. Hey, Lance, I've got a rare first appearance of Thor. Wait, what? How'd you get that? <laughs> Do you want to see it? Uh, yes. Ooh, it disappeared. Um, okay. It's okay, because now I've got a rare first appearance of Volstag, one of the Warriors 3. Chris, you're just holding up a picture on your phone. Now it's gone. Poof. You turned your phone off. No, no, it disappeared. <laughs> I'm so tricksy. What are you doing, man? I'm, I'm causing mischief. Okay. Well, don't do that. <laughs> okay, Odin. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today, we're talking about the god of mischief, Loki. He's got a theme song and everything. He does, he does have a theme song now. It's a good we, theme song. I, I like it. It's that. a great I theme like song. It. It's really, really good. And we're going to talk about that series because the Loki season two just wrapped up. We just watched the finale. It was incredible. But... Mm. We'll wait until we talk about adaptations for that one. But Loki is out in the open, extremely popular. And I'm surprised it took us this long to finally talk about the character. Yeah, it's one of those villains like he he has crept into the mainstream like zeitgeist, like people that have never read a comic that might have just seen the movie or TV show or whatever know who Loki is now. And, and even then, you know, it's it's because he's part of mythology and he's part of like, you know, uh, video games and God of War. And like there, there's other things that would would help people know about Loki. But as far as like a Marvel character, it's it's crazy how popular and how much of a, <laughs> a following that this this villain has. I would argue this is one of the rare cases where the media adaptation, like the movie adaptation, has made the comic character better because before the movie it, it was 
you know, it was this kind of like one note sort of like evil guy and very kind of ugly and, and creepy looking. And then he sort of took on a lot of dimensions when uh, Tom Hiddleston took over. So, I mean, that's, that's worth mentioning. We'll talk more about the movie, obviously, but it's it's he's definitely a fascinating character and a villain, probably one of the, the best Marvel villains out there. I mean, if you if we really break it down. Yeah, one of the best villains who has gone on to have one of the greatest redemption arcs mm. in the MCU. It's been a blast to see the popularity of the character rise, which has definitely been the catalyst for making Loki more of the antihero because so many people love Tom Hiddleston's interpretation of the character. And, you know, everybody loves a good redemption arc. So in comics, it makes sense to have this character that Seems like he could turn on a dime to be the big bad once again, but then choosing to do good at times, but maybe for ulterior motives. You know, it's a it's a give and take with Loki because nothing is ever straightforward with this character. Loki is a character appearing in Marvel Comics introduced by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. Loki is the god of mischief and has become a potent agent of evil and chaos across the realm. He is indirectly responsible for the formation of the Avengers, has battled most of the heroes in the Marvel Universe, taken over Asgard, manipulated villains and heroes alike, and even fought beside a few. His resentment of Thor has caused the two to have a century-spanning sibling rivalry, resulting in Thor being the subject of Loki's schemes. Loki has turned Thor into a frog, a woman, kidnapped his love interests and alter ego, and even convinced Odin to banish him. What a brother. What a brother. Yeah, you know, sibling rivalry. Sometimes you, you just got to turn your sibling into the opposite gender or a different gender, and then also, you know, banish them from the home. Or frog. Or frog. <laughs> Often portrayed as a villain, but recently more of an anti-hero, Loki is a complex character drawing inspiration from Norse mythology, but also finding his way into the modern Marvel comic tapestry. He has undergone a bit of a renaissance in the last 13 years with some wonderful stories in comics, film, and TV. All right, let's go into Loki's origin. And this is this is kind of the Marvel comics origin, not so much of the Norse mythology origin for that the 13th to, century. Yeah, the 13th Norse century mythology. text translated, <laughs> which sometimes it, it, it's kind of a thick, it's kind of a hard read. It's very dense. Yeah, it's a difficult read. I, I think it's fun that so many comic book creators are very much into Norse mythology and just mythology in general. Like Walter Simonson is a huge fan of Norse mythology yeah. and having gone obviously written Thor and bringing us Beta Ray Bill, but he also then wrote the IDW series Ragnarok, which is way more in depth into the 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 true history of the Norse mythology, and it, it's really fun to see the inspirations that these creators get and how those interpretations then bleed into the comics that they create. All right, so here's uh, a brief summation of Loki's origin in Marvel comics. His origin starts many, many years ago, centuries ago, when Bor, ruler of Asgard, was battling frost giants and he was turned to snow by a powerful sorcerer of the frost giants. Bor's son, Odin, 
found his father as he was blowing away in his last moments. And Bor begged Odin to find a sorcerer to free him. But Odin made no attempt to save his father. Ooh, that's pretty cold. That's pretty cold. <laughs> but hey. uh, Bor cursed Odin in his final moments, saying that he would take in the son of a fallen king and raise it as as his own. I didn't know this. I didn't know that there was like a no. a last minute prophecy, and that's it wasn't just Odin taking him in, but it was actually his father cursed him. Also, a lot happened in the last moments of Bor's life. It's like, and then he quickly turned to snow. Oh, please help me. Oh, God, uh, darn you, my son. (laughs) There's a lot of family dynamics happening in a very short amount of time. It was a very light wind. It was only about like two miles an hour. So he's just slowly blowing away. Not Mm. very aggressive, you know. More, more More of just a breeze rather than a gust. Yeah, yeah. It was a cantrip. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't a fourth level spell anyway uh not but a week later odin himself led the asgardians into battle against the frost giants and killed lofi who was the king of the frost giants in personal combat after slaying lofi odin found a small asgardian sized child within the primary stronghold of the frost giants so to be clear he wasn't an asgardian he wasn't human but he was a frost giant, but he was a small frost giant. The child, as we know, was Loki. Lofi having kept him hidden from the frost giant people due to his shame over his son's small size. Odin took the child out of a combination of pity to appease the memory of his father and because he was the child of a worthy adversary slain in honorable combat and raised him as his own alongside his biological son, Thor. Okay, so... Rather than save Bor, he's like, well, you know, my dad would really want me to raise this kid. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Sure, Odin. (laughs) He's kind of a jerk for letting his father just die and or or at least being like, hold on, don't blow away. Let me go find a sorcerer. I got you, dad. And just be like, "Ah, I'm going to be king. So, you know, and then, yeah. And then he's like, well, I guess I'll I guess I'll take this this kid. (laughs) So that's that's a lot. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, throughout his childhood and into adolescence, Loki was resentful of the differences between how Thor and himself were treated by the citizens of Asgard. The Asgardians valued great strength, tenacity, and bravery in battle above all things. And Loki was clearly inferior to his brother Thor in those areas. What he lacked in size and strength, however, he made up for in power and skill, particularly as a sorcerer. As Loki grew into adulthood, his natural talent for trickery and manipulation would make itself manifest and earned him a nickname as the God of Mischief. He often tried to get rid of Thor and take over Asgard and was exiled several times. Eventually, he met the sorcerer Eldred, who taught him black magic. And around that time, this is when uh, a final time when he was exiled by Odin Odin sent him into a tree and kind of froze him. And he said, Hey, you're not going to get out of this tree until someone sheds a tear for you. And Loki, and this is in the first uh, issue of the Avengers. It shows Loki trapped in this tree and Heimdall comes along and Loki as the tree forces a leaf to go into Heimdall's eye and and Heimdall's (laughs) tears up because of it. And that's how he gets out. That's so, he, so good. So he tricks 
the tree into like tricking Heimdall into shed a tear. He like loopholed his way out of this. And then he started. That's how the Avengers starts is Loki is in a tree. The Avengers start because of a tear. Mm-hmm. Well, let's learn a little bit more about the character. Names and aliases include Loki Odinson, God of Mischief, God of Evil, God of Stories, Lady Loki, Kid Loki, Shurer, and Ikal. Uh, Ikal is a raven. Uh, yes. And Ikal is Loki backwards. It is. That's true. Powers and abilities include superhuman strength, speed, durability, and longevity, skilled in hand-to-hand combat, genius-level intellect, immunity to all known diseases and toxins, resistance to magic and aging, training in dark magic, as guardian sorcery granting, so he gets interdimensional teleportation, astral projection, illusion casting, energy blast, shape-shifting into animals and other people, telekinesis, force fields, and he can be reincarnated upon any death through an arrangement with death, that his name is erased from the books of hell. I think what's important to note here is that this is a god. Like Thor is a god. Odin is a god. Loki is a god. He, he is a god. He's essentially immortal. And he's made himself immortal through trickery, you know, by basically saying like, anytime I die, <laughs> I'm not actually able to die because I'm going to come back in some way. And that's how he came back as a woman. That's how he came back as a kid. That's how he's come back several times and you know and he has such a longevity of life uh, throughout the centuries but man like yeah he's got he's gonna have some god powers but you know anytime he's stopped quote unquote it's because he's trapped or he's frozen or he's banished or he's whatever but you can't get rid of loki like you he's gonna come back so (laughs) it's gotta be frustrating for thor just to be like i'm gonna kill this guy but i can't you know (laughs) i'm killing him it's just mean like Go to your room. He's going to he's going to be back later. <laughs> All right. Affiliations for Loki include teams such as Acts of Vengeance. Probably one of my favorite villain team names. Acts of Vengeance. Guessing from the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think 80s actually is when. The oh, that's a surprise. Um, Astonishing Avengers. The Cabal. Yeah. Sort of the the Cabal is the anti Illuminati, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, the Defenders. He was actually part of an incarnation of the Defenders. He was in the Young Avengers as Kid Loki. And supporting characters include Scourge, the Executioner, Thor, because sometimes they do work together, Odin, because he's his dad, uh, Freya, or in the MCU known as Frigga, Sif, the Lady Sif, Angerboda, the goddess with whom he created three offspring. Durf, it's D-R-R-F, <laughs> Durf, um, which is a perfect name for this character. He's a small frost giant that ends up helping Loki, kind of being his like right hand man. And it's kind of sweet because like Loki becomes king of the Odenheim and Durf, you know, is, is being picked on by these giant, you know, frost giants. And Loki's like, hold on, hold on, you know, like you, you need to stop. And then Durf sort of like makes himself really big and scares away all the big frost giants and gets really small again. And I think he kind of sees himself because he used to be a small frost giant, too. And it's like this nice little sweet thing. He's like, you hey, watch over the kingdom while I go and have fun in in uh, Midgard. So it's, it's a it's a fun little character. Other uh, supporting characters include Carnilla, the Norn Queen and 
Amira, the Enchantress, and Skag, who is a um, storm giant, I think. Mm. Antagonist to Loki, of which there are many, but here are some standouts. Mangog, Thor again, Odin yeah. again, uh, another brother, Balder, Hulk, Iron Man, all of the Avengers, Norman Osborn, Sentry, the Void, Searcher, and his evil sister slash maybe his daughter, <laughs> Hela. So I just want to clear this up. In Marvel Comics and Norse mythology, Hela is actually Loki's daughter. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But in the MCU, Hela is Odin's firstborn. And that makes her Loki's adopted sister because he was adopted. You know what I mean? Stepsister. So there's a little confusion there, but hopefully that clears it up. So from mythical mythology to sneaky suspicions, Loki has got a lot of interesting origins. So I think it's time to go... Into the archives. The Loki Lafayson that is popularly known in modern Marvel comics was created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. The exact same trio that created Jane Foster, who we covered in a previous issue, detailing the career of Larry Lieber in that issue. We also previously covered Stan Lee and Jack Kirby in our Spider-Man and Black Panther issues, respectively. But just like a trickster god, things are not always straightforward. Ooh. A Golden Age predecessor to the Loki we see in Journey into Mystery appears all the way back in Venus issue 6 from Timely Comics in August 1949. And if you aren't aware, Timely Comics was what came before Marvel Comics because there was Timely Comics, Atlas Comics, and then we had Marvel Comics. Loki was originally depicted as an Olympian god, having been exiled to the underworld taking on the visage of the devil. He was a red-haired... Uh, really gangly-looking guy, and he was just causing different kinds of mischief. With this knowledge, you're probably thinking, oh, cool, since we already talked about Loki's modern iteration creators, let's deep dive into the creators responsible for his first appearance in Venus 6. Well, we can't. Uh, common for this time period, credit wasn't provided within the comic, and no solid backgrounds for who did what was provided by the creators of that era. Stan Lee was an editor at the time and believes he may have written a Venus story or two, but he couldn't tell you which ones they were. Comic historians and fellow creators have analyzed the art to guesstimate who may have been involved in each particular issue, and some of those potential pencilers may have included Don Rico, Pete Tumlinson, Chu Hing, Pierce Rice, Valerie Barclay, George Klein, Joe Manili, and Al Hartley all of which made even more confusing by the apparent plethora of inkers that worked on this book. So the people that were trying to figure out who the artists were had a really difficult time because not only did they have to try and notice this particular art, they also had to figure out who the heck was inking their work and made it look even different than what it normally looked like. So like a true trickster god, we have no idea what's going on. This is yeah. literally, it's literally been called a timely staff round robin way of creating comics. I mean, in, in the fifties, you know, they, they, there wasn't that much emphasis and these, these titles probably weren't selling that well. They were like, I got to get down to the sock hop so I can have a milkshake with my babe and ride around the T-bird. You know, I don't care about these uh, funny papers and, you know, so, I mean, they don't, they're not going to take credit for it. They probably didn't want to take credit for that. Who wouldn't want to take credit for Venus issue six, Chris? Come on. I don't even know what that's about. 
<laughs> Neither do I, and I read it. So needless to say, Loki's origin is a bit complicated, but what we can agree on is that the interpretation we know today was in fact created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby, first appearing in Journey into Mystery 85 in October of 1962. In reality, this is all made moot, really, as the Norse mythological Loki first appeared in Prose Edda in Chapter 20 of the book Gilfagining, compiled in the 13th century from even earlier traditional sources. Gilfagining. 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 Yes. Rolls off the tongue. Gilfagining. Yep. Well, we haven't read the that <laughs> that book. But we do have some modern Marvel incarnations to recommend in the poll list. So each one of us has picked out one of our favorite Loki storylines and some things to recommend if you're just getting started getting into the God of Mischief. I have two recommendations. One is just a great thing to buy if you just want a great mix of all different kinds of stories. Um, and then I'm going to tell you my favorite one. So the, there's an omnibus called Loki God of Stories, which is a 976 page book, which is huge, but it's it. uh, it's definitely worth it. Um, it includes his three self-titled series from the 2000s. Uh, also, Vote Loki, Original Sin, Agent of Asgard and Avengers Loki Unleashed and his appearance in War of the Realms omega one so lots of content lots of different stories lots of creators and art styles and it just gives you a a broad sense of what this character is about and various appearances in his timeline and the marvel universe as a whole now out of all those one of them which is the second volume of his self-titled series called loki and it's issues one through four it was written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, pencils by Sebastian Fiumara, inks by Michel Lancome, colors by Jose Villarubia, and letters by Joe Sabino. And it's collected in a trade called Thor, the Trials of Loki, which is a little bit of a misnomer because it is a Loki story. The, the story is called The Trials of Loki. And um, it's in the comic was just called Loki. But if you're looking for it. Yeah, I, I think that happens a lot when publishers want to tell a particular story for a character, but they might not feel like their name alone will sell. And so they would put the main antagonist main yeah. that might be more popular, the hero, and then put the uh, put that next to it. Be like Thor, the trials of Loki. Yeah, this book what I really liked about this and this is this was it kind of caught me off guard because it didn't feel like a Marvel story. It, it felt very like honorable and it was paying homage to Norse mythology in a way that it, even the, the narration was done with a lot of vows and these and stuff like that. And Wenst and you know like old old text and the lettering was done and very kind of a little bit of a script like an old book and beautiful artwork and this kind of almost like ink wash rough kind of uh, almost a uh, engraving style not not quite engraving but like it just had a different feel to it and it tells the story of of Loki and kind of all the different tricks that he went through from a young age to you know being banished and and his uh betrayal of uh you know 
Sif and his his how he manipulated the murder of his brother Balder and kind of blamed it on this other guy. And, you know, like it was just it's all this stuff and it just it really kind of goes in deep and it's all kind of told through flashback because it starts off with him being banished and he's like, you know, just in a loincloth and he's cut and he's, you know, kind of exiled himself and Thor shows up and he's like, I want to understand why you did what you did. And then that kind of goes into a flashback with all of his tales over the next four issues. And, and then it ends with the two of them, like just fighting it out. And Thor ties him to a rock at the very end with a, a venomous snake hanging over his head. And the venom's like dripping on Loki's like, why don't you just kill me? And Thor's like, I can't kill you, Loki. You're my brother, but mm. you're going to, you're going to endure this. And when you're ready, because you're prophesized to lead the armies of the dead at some point and Ragnarok's coming and you started it. So you can't die, but you're going to have to live with this. And it's just this it's this kind of great like uh, moment between the two of them and Thor kind of realizing like, OK, well, this is this is what he's going to do. And, and we have to deal with everything that's happening up to this part. But it was, it's really well done. And, and I think it kind of encapsulates the mythology of Loki in, in Marvel Comics in terms of just like the the north side of things and the asgardian side of things it doesn't really get into anything with the avengers it doesn't mention anything with any other marvel hero um it's just a really nice kind of encapsulation of like a marvel version of the of the norse mythology which i really enjoyed so if you're into yeah. that kind of thing go for that yeah that's that sounds fantastic i i definitely need to read that story uh my recommendation is going to be Loki, Agent of Asgard, written by Al Ewing, art by Lee Gabbert, or Lee Garbert, Lee Garbert. Okay. Garbett? Gor- Garbett. Garbett. Lee Garbett. Okay. My recommendation is going to be Loki, Agent of Asgard, written by Al Ewing, art by Lee Garbett. Colorist is Nolan Woodard, and letters by Clayton Cowles. This series is a really interesting look at Loki from various points in time because there's not just one Loki in the series. There is a main Loki who is a younger version and this is coming out of the storylines with kid Loki. So Loki's a little bit older at this point and he is coming into his own as this agent of Asgard working for the, uh, the all mother. So there is this like trio of, mothers that are leading Asgard now that Odin isn't around. Okay. And they have sent Loki on various missions, but we get these jumps back in time that show events that lead up to what is happening currently with Loki. So he has this incredible sword that has been forged and you learn about the forging of the sword. You learn about why it was put into this particular box you learn about the keys that were made to lock the box. And it, it, it like things just kind of unravel as the series goes along. This I'm I'm recommending all of it, but I've only read the first volume through. So there's there's three volumes, I believe. Absolutely loved everything I read so far. It it makes Loki such a dynamic character because he, he he's the god of mischief still, but he's really on a redemption arc 
in the storyline. So you are rooting for him to do what's right, but he's still Loki. So -hmm. he's going to fit into that gray area of things. There is a, like a fun cast of care of characters. There's like, there's a character, like just a human at this point is, I believe what you're led to believe that cannot be lied to. Like no one can tell her lies. And, and so she's on like the speed dating and all these people are trying to tell her these horrible lies about them or these truths about themselves, but they're just lying. They're like, I run this, this, uh, nonprofit. She's like, no, you don't. You work for this company and <laughs> you're a horrible person. It's like, well, we do some charities. Like, she's like, no, you don't. It, it's really bad. Uh, and, and like people are just lying about their names and Loki just doesn't lie to her. He's very straightforward and. So he's obviously telling her information about being Loki and like a god of mischief and all these things. And she's like, wow, you aren't lying. That's pretty crazy. And, but things like that, things just evolve. And you find out who the main antagonist near the end of it is. And it's really surprising. You get to, you just really get to see multiple versions of Loki in the story. And it's a really interesting way to see this character that is trying to redeem themselves because they, he is this agent of Asgard because he's trying to expunge the horrible things that are in his ledger, essentially, to erase those crimes against the people of Asgard as well as humanity. And if you are looking for a story that you can slowly piece things together, then Loki, Agent of Asgard, is where you want to go. It is thoroughly entertaining, and the writing is its really well-written but I definitely had to look up a few things because it ties in from the kid Loki storylines that led up to this. And I haven't read those. So I just needed to uh, inform myself a little bit. I needed very minimal looking up. Uh, But if you have read the kid Loki stuff and you haven't read agent of Asgard strongly, strongly recommend this one. Yeah. I, I, I was gonna read agent of asgard and you claimed it and i was like okay i'm gonna find something else but i definitely want to check that out and i i'm also looking forward to reading the young avengers with with kid loki because that just sounds like a lot of fun you know having having oh yeah that that kind of character manipulating all the teen heroes and stuff sounds really fun the other one i i really liked and i was close to recommending this but it's the the third self-titled loki series which was an ongoing um, it started in 2019 and I don't think it's it's going anymore. They actually started a fourth one um, this year, but uh, it's the one written by Daniel Kibblesmith and the art by Jan Basaldua. Basaldua. Um, the art in this one is really fun. It's very like stylized and almost animated. It makes it kind of look like an animated series. Um, and it's just, he's very hip looking. He's got this kind of jacket and armor combo and like, you know, fingerless gloves. And, and it's, it's just kind of a cool style. I mean, I, I, the, the, the writing was, the story was kind of hit and miss. Sometimes there's some places where it kind of gets like, you know, kind of breaks the fourth wall a little bit. And that, that kind of took me out of it, but the art was like, it was really cool. And, and it fit, it fit for Loki really well. Nice. It's a little, and that's a little bit more like it takes place a lot on Midgard and like you know on Earth and and kind of incorporates other heroes and he he goes into you know Stark Tower and tries to mess around. He's like, I'm trying to be a hero, and I, you know, and Tony's like, Get out of here, you know. And it's so it kind of messes around with like some other characters and stuff like that. But but um, 
so that's that's a different take but yeah i mean i think writers have a lot of fun with loki i mean how can you not he's he's he likes to cause mischief he's a fun anti-hero and now that everybody's kind of like hey let's this is a popular character like let's let's throw some stuff out like he's he can cause trouble and he's trying to do good but he likes to do bad so that's a that's a writer's dream like that's a fun thing he's he's a very versatile character and you can tell any type of story that you want with this character Mm -hmm. because even if you go true hero in a story with him it'll catch people off guard because they're always expecting him to do something wrong or you can go full villain or you can go anti-hero they're Loki is such a dynamic character and there's so many versions of Loki that you can pick and choose which one you want to choose. And Oh, is this one from an alternative reality? Is this Mm -hmm. one from the past, the future? You can do whatever it's Loki. And it's fascinating because like we mentioned earlier, like the the first 30 years, he was kind of, I don't want to say one note, but he was very like, ah, my brother, I have to take the throne. And why am I wearing these yellow you know underpants <laughs> underpants with green you know it's and he just he he kind of had this single track you know sort of like 80s villain sort of thing and and it wasn't until they started fleshing him out as like a little bit more you know he his his trials and his um you know motivations and and like you kind of start feeling for him like it really changed um yeah it really changed kind of like know his his motivations you can be like okay i kind of see you know he's he's an orphan and he's 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 had it rough and he's just trying to live up to and odin's kind of a jerk like odin's horrible he's he's terrible he's a terrible dad and thor is kind of a jerk too sometimes so like no wonder you know loki is uh is messed up um do you have any grails uh do you any do you have any grail finds for loki i didn't have anything i i'm Uh, sad sad to say i didn't own anything with loki I have like a Loki adjacent grail. So I have the Mighty Thor uh, 150 from 1968. This Mm -hmm. is the first cover appearance of Hela. And Loki is also involved in the story and is in the corner of the the cover of this issue. And he it's so weird because he has like the the huge horns like you would expect Loki to have. But his teeth are like strangely spaced out. And kind of at an yeah. angle, so he kind of looks like a rabbit, Loki. Yeah, uh, it's real weird. But yeah. that that really is one of the few. Like I have other Thor comics that have Loki, but this is the the coolest one I feel like that I have right. in my collection. I love this book. Yeah, it's like early versions, like draw him ugly and rat like, and he's he's just like ah, you know. And, he, he he's definitely regressed into more of a hey you know like he's a little yeah, smoother he's, he's, he's suave now he's suave loki uh, when he got reincarnated as a kid and kind of grew up now he's kind of in that like 20 something like smooth looking you know uh he looks good he's a good looking dude he, he's definitely not sporting like the yellow cowl with the big old horns like now he's got this like smaller kind of helmet type type of thing kind of like a scarlet witch kind of thing with uh yeah. you know headband with like littler horns yeah loki's going for cool... an aerodynamic look now yeah yeah i mean it's it's uh it's 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 pretty hip he's got he's got a good makeover good good makeover team with marvel um hey do you want to hear some random facts i always want to hear random facts well there have been many many multiversal alternate versions of loki because he is such a popular character too many for me to mention in this list 
but I'm just going to call out a few that I thought were interesting. Uh, one of them, he is known as Avenger Prime. And this is in an undisclosed alternate universe uh, where he saw that on other Earths, he was responsible for the formation of the Avengers. And this is a, a plot hook that kind of comes back a lot. He's like really bummed that he's the one that he's the reason that the Avengers kind of got together. And he's kind of like this. Why did I do that kind of thing? So he in this alternate universe, he prevented all the Avengers from ever forming he uh, forming. He he, uh, you know, kept made sure that Captain America was frozen. He, uh, uh, you know, made sure that Tony was like locked up, you know, for for doing bad things, <laughs> philandering or whatever. Um, he just basically like he sacked Wakanda. He, he, you know, just did all these terrible things. And every time he tried to, like, take out one of the equations to make where the Avengers didn't work, other reasons would cause other heroes to form some sort of an Avengers. And he just learned that, like, I can't stop. It's like fated to happen. Like, I can't stop this. So he ended up in this in this timeline forming a multiversal Avengers. He kind of forms his own version of Avengers and he becomes Avenger Prime. Uh, which is which is a cool name. Um, so that's that's one storyline. That's a short kind of summation of it because it's, it was very complex in Wikipedia. Um, in the old man Logan storyline, he turns giant and the Baxter building is uh, dropped on him, which I thought was kind of fun. Um, in Marvel Zombies, he's seen being eaten by zombies of the Avengers. Of course. <laughs> in Heroes Reborn, the ill-fated 90s kind of reboot of didn't go um, great it didn't go great but loki was able to absorb the powers of other villains which i thought was kind of interesting um in the ultimate universe loki took the disguise of baron zemo in world war ii and waged war on asgard with an army of nazis and frost giants killing every asgardian that's pretty that's pretty uh sick that's pretty messed up (laughs) yeah it's pretty messed up One of Loki's cruelest pranks involved Loki cutting the golden hair of Lady Sif because he was jealous of her loving Thor. He immediately apologized and sought out the dwarfs to make Sif new hair, but it turned black after a short time. And this is kind of based on mythology. So but that they've shown it a few times how like he really likes Sif, but Sif loves Thor and et cetera, et cetera. Loki is prophesized to bring about Ragnarok, and this has come to pass. It, it sort of, in a way, came to pass in the MCU films when Thor was like, hey, you yeah. know what to do. Go and release Surtur. And he's like, OK. So like he kind of made it happen <laughs> in a way, too. In mythology, Loki has three offspring. Uh, I'm going to butcher these names, but I'm going to try it. So one of them is Jormungandr, the world serpent, Hel, ruler of the realm of the dead, which I think is right. their version of Hela and Fenrir, a giant wolf. So he has a snake for a kid, a wolf for a kid and a sister for a kid. <laughs> well, it, it, you know what I mean? Loki has taken the form of a woman a few times and at one point taking the body of Lady Sif while she was dating Thor. Gross. That's messed up. <laughs> that's real weird. That's real weird. And in the storyline uh, that, that in the storyline for Loki agent of Asgard, he just considers his female version, just another version of himself. Like he transitions mm-hmm. between male and female as he pleases in that yeah. storyline. 
which brings me to my next thing. He has been uh, represented as bisexual and pansexual, often switching genders to match his needs. This is a little tangential fact. Lofi in Norse mythology was actually Loki's mother, not father. Loki's father in mythology was named Farbeti, but somewhere in the name, somewhere along the lines, uh, Lee and Lieber decided Lofi was going to be gender swapped and end up being his dad. He has wielded Thor's hammer, not in just a what if storyline, but also in actual um, continuity. And in myth, Loki was actually the one responsible for Mjolnir being made. He was responsible for the creation of several villains, including Absorbing Man, the Enchantress, Super Scroll, and Jinky the Lava Man, which I had to throw in there <laughs> because that's such a great name. You know, you don't want to mess with Loki when he has his crew with him. You don't want to go up against him when he has Durf and Jinky. Faithful, but derpy. Um, he formed the uh, previously mentioned Axe of Vengeance, a supervillain team, including Kingpin, Doctor Doom, Red Skull, the Wizard, Mandarin and Magneto. Mm. There's one of those villains does not belong. <laughs> one of those is not like the other. <laughs> one of these is not like the other. One of these things doesn't belong. Of course, he was playing all of them at the time and the group fell apart because Nobody likes the Red Skull. I mean, nobody can trust the Nazis. So they they really just uh, didn't like that. In the MCU, Hiddleston said he was inspired by Jack Nicholson, which inspired his um, sort of insanity of Loki and Clint Eastwood when it was time for him to get mad. Which I thought was kind of cool. And Loki was brilliantly played by Hiddleston, but other actors that were briefly considered included was Josh Hartnett, Charlie Cox, Daredevil himself, and Jim Carrey. Now, Jim Carrey oh would have gosh. been an interesting choice because, and kind of ironic, because in The Mask, the mask from uh, the Mask comics was created by Loki. We're going full circle with that one. Yeah, well, I, How about I, that? I, yeah, you like that one? I, I like that one. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I do like Josh Hartnett, but I Tom Hiddleston crushes this role. I, I'm yeah. so happy about it. And Charlie Cox, you know, he had to be Daredevil, so that worked out for us. Yeah, Charlie Cox is a great Daredevil. They made the right choice. <laughs> they did make the right choice. I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. Loki! Loki has appeared in many, many adaptations in various formats, increasingly so since 2011. Why, you might ask, was because Tom Hiddleston brought Loki to the big screen in MCU's Thor in 2011, served as the main protagonist in the first Avengers film in 2012, was one of the few redeeming qualities of Thor The Dark World in 2013, that scene where he learns that Freya or Frigga has died is the best part of that entire film. When he drops yeah. the act and you see the room is just absolutely destroyed. I love that moment. Yeah. Uh, he had a scene cut from the age of Ultron where he is part of Thor's nightmare. He's in obviously in Thor Ragnarok in 2017 Avengers infinity war in 2018 Avengers Endgame in 2019 post credit scene in Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania. And finally the incredibly well done Disney plus series simply titled Loki, which season two, like we mentioned earlier, has just wrapped up. And we need to talk about this incredible show. But at this point, you know, 
people have had a little bit of time. So I'm going to say spoiler warning because we need to talk about what yeah, really spoilers. went on. So if you haven't seen season two of Loki, if you haven't finished it, pause this, go watch that, come back and listen to the rest. Uh, one quick random fact I have for Tom Hiddleston is that he originally auditioned for Thor. Yeah, he originally auditioned for Thor, but then they were like, hey, you're not the right fit for Thor, but we love you. So here's Loki, uh, yeah. which is amazing. Uh, Chris, what did you think of the first two seasons of Loki? I, I really like this show, and it's it's one of those things like I can see how somebody might watch this and be like, this is not like this isn't based on anything that is published it's kind of in a way like i haven't read it but i imagine it's it's in some ways it's sort of like an agent of asgard kind of feel because it's almost like a crime procedural they're trying to hunt people down there it's it's like a fugitive kind of thing um it takes a lot of liberties it's really weird it, you know it's like the tva gets introduced and it's i love the art direction in the show it, but it's a little like I don't know what the term is, but, you know, you have all these like MacGuffins and like, oh, I got to fix this doohickey with the whatchamacallit and do this thing. And like, uh, that's kind of how season two started. And I was like, what's happening? But as it really gets into the characters and, you know, big bombs starting starting to drop and, and it really just comes down to like, oh, he's got to embrace like his destiny. And it really comes down to that, like, I want to rule and I, I want greater purpose and then you know at the end like th that's what he realizes he has to do he's like this it's not going to be easy it's going to be a struggle and you know if you want to do what's right and you you really want to do what's right and what what needs to be done he realizes like i could do this and it's going to be great and i'm going to basically save the universe yeah i I enjoyed the first season. I thought everything leading up to the finale of the first season of Loki was fantastic. The The finale I enjoyed, like introducing uh, the he who remains, like mm -hmm. the back and forth were really good. But I just felt like it ended so abruptly that I, mm -hmm. I felt like I was still wanting something. Yeah. And season two really took those feelings I had and then just put them to bed because obviously this just builds on what we had previously. The, the way they laid out this season was so brilliant and heavily reminded me of like Doctor Who, back when Doctor yeah. Who was hitting hard, back when we had David Tennant and Matt Smith and uh, like the writing was just so on point during those iterations of those characters. And having Loki in this final episode just trying over and over again to fix this problem and have Victor Timely get out there soon enough to take care of everything and then learning that it didn't matter how quickly they did that, the loom is just this fail-safe and it's meant to only protect the sacred timeline and that's always going to blow up and get rid of everything else. And Loki realizes that he needs to step up, like you mentioned, he needs to... Uh, finally accept the fact that he is burdened with glorious purpose. And this series ends with Loki becoming he who remains, really. He is the guy in the chair, and he is holding all of these branches and using his magic to keep all of these timelines alive. 
he is the reason right now why people are not just phasing out and being turned into spaghetti monsters. And he ends the series standing like or sitting on this throne with his helmet and a newly designed helmet, I might add. It's really interesting looking. And he's holding all the timelines and his magic is flying everywhere. And you can see he's he knows what he's has to do and he's content with doing it in order to protect the people he cares about. And it's just the craziest arc for a character that went from just wanting to rule and take over and being so selfish to seeing the error of his ways and becoming legitimately the most important character in the MCU right now because he's keeping the MCU from disappearing. He kind of realizes his his place as a god, like how Heimdall is very stoic and He's like, this is this is what I do. I see everything. And, you know, like that's how Heimdall was. It's sort of like Loki sort of gets to that point where like he's experienced love. He's experienced loss. He's died. He's, you know, he's had this humility. He's, uh, he's become humble. He's gotten friends. He has gone through the cycle of life and death. And now he's like, I still what do I want? What what am I meant for? And And people were like, oh, you're a villain. And. And it's like, no, I, I, I'm more than this. I'm meant for more than this. I just don't know what it is. And then he finally kind of sees like, it's got to be me. Like I, yeah. I, I have to do this. And I think, yeah, I think content is a, is a great way to say it. Like he's, he's like, I accept what it is. I'm not going to love this, but like, this is what I'm meant to do. He, he legitimate. Yeah. He legitimately spent centuries learning all of these, the physics and the science behind everything. And how frustrating it would be to have to re-explain things over and over to the people and be like, okay, you've taught me up to this point. So keep teaching me from that point on. And I, I legitimately think that as we go towards like secret wars, King war, like, or King dynasty, those, those films, I'm curious if we're going to get a moment with his Loki that ends up being like Thor showing up in Wakanda in infinity war like just doing this big moment of of aiding the other heroes because we know that for a fact we are getting a reunion of thor and loki coming forward it's going to be such a huge emotional payoff and loki's going to have to explain like i'm not the loki from your timeline but i know that this is the path that he was working towards like i i've seen where he was at when he died when Thanos killed him and I have continued that, that role. I was, I went from literally trying to take over New York to being the guy in the chair. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the fact that like all of the timelines, you know, kind of integrating into his cape and his, you know, his yeah, body so and everything cool. like that. And Such it a makes Idrisil, um, that, that blew my mind. I was like, Whoa, oh man, you know, like that it's, it's, he's creating the world tree, which we've never really seen except in like imagery and stuff. I was like, that's, that's beautiful. That was, that and, was a chef's kiss on top of the, uh -huh. uh, everything. I was like, that's awesome. And it's also kind of like what you, what you were telling the story of with the Avengers were first forming that somebody needed to shed a tear for Loki because he was trapped in that tree. He really is in a tree now. He's trapped in the tree. Yeah. But 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 in his own 
but of its own making. Volition, like yes. it's yeah, yeah. Uh, nicely done. <laughs> so well done. Oh, I'm so yeah. excited. Oh, well, we we've gushed over how much we've enjoyed this live action version of Loki because Tom Hiddleston has absolutely crushed this role. The entire cast this season was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think it's time we jump over to our strangest segment. So let's get a little bit mischievous in. What What Each issue we do what nerds do best. We share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. And this week we decided to ask, what if Loki was raised by someone other than Odin? Uh, now, Chris, would you like to go first or second with this one? I'll go second because I got a I, I got a, a weird one. With I'm keeping it relatively within the family here, and I'm saying Hela is going to raise Loki in my what if story. Uh, in this version, I'm going to say that Odin, having imprisoned Hela, sends her foes that Odin has either defeated or doesn't want to deal with so that she can at least have some entertainment in her imprisoning, because that's a very Odin thing to do. He's like, oh, yeah. I don't want to deal with you. Uh, my daughter needs someone to kill, so I'll just send you to her to keep her busy. Uh, and so rather than making a treaty with the Frost Giants, I'll say that Odin banishes them to the same prison as Hela, and this includes Loki. So Hela slaughters the Frost Giants, but obviously sees a smaller frost giant there around her size and starts to devise this plan on how she might be able to raise him in order to later break out and defeat Odin. And at this point in time, Hela is also extremely skilled in combat as well as magic. So Loki is still going to get training in both. So rather than having the, well, in various storylines, Loki's trained in magic with by various people mm-hmm. but i'm gonna go more mcu route with this and say that freya was the one that trained loki in magic which is what we know from the mcu so yeah. rather than having the love of freya and the guidance of magic in this way he's going to be trained in the absolute most brutal way you can kill someone with magic so loki having had the love of freya is was still causing mischief and mayhem so imagine a loki that never had that love and was given like the cold shoulder from Hela yeah. in this prison wasteland that has only seen the only time there's other things there is when they've been sent there by Odin and Hela's just going to tell Loki that Odin just keeps sending things there to try and kill him. So he has to kill the things first. This is a real uh, Damian Wayne kind of mind trip. You know? It's yes. like the, the, the in this case, the sister, but the, the, you know, your father is missing, right? (laughs) This guy abandoned you and not even your father, but like this guy, and like just poisoning his mind to the point where when they get out, Loki's just going to go right for this guy. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe at this point, Loki doesn't have the normal horns. He starts to have like the bladed helmet, like Hela also has like a different version of that. So Mm -hmm. I think it would be very interesting to see that dynamic. And of course they're going to break out and go after Odin. And so we're going to get a Loki Thor battle, but obviously there's no emotional ties there because they weren't raised together, but it would be interesting to see a father son versus a quote unquote mother son battle in Asgard. Oh, wow. That's, that's weird. (laughs) Yes. His, 
What was his daughter in mythology is his sister who ends up being his mother. What? <laughs> this, is, this is definitely I, mythology. I mean, that's just gods in general. Let's yeah. let's throw that out there. That's Roman. That's Greek. We got all the weird stuff going yeah, on with the gods. That's some weird stuff. All right. Well, I got another weird one. And I, I love irony. Um, I'm going to say he was raised by Hulk. Oh, gosh. And we know that, you know, there's some great stuff with Loki and Hulk in the MCU. Um, just this classic scene of just wham, 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 you know, um, but I had okay, to go to the movie three times to hear what Hulk says after he smashes Loki oh, because yeah. the audiences were so riotously <laughs> laughing. Puny God. I was trying to figure out, like, I want this to happen, but how does this happen? So I'm going back to the original Avengers instead of taking Loki on as his adoptive son Odin imprisons the child inside of a tree only to be freed by someone shedding a tear for his plight. So he's locked in this sort of tree, you know, but, but unlike the tree being in Asgard, the tree is just a random tree in Midgard, right. In, in, in earth somewhere. And so it's like that for centuries and centuries. And I kind of like the, you know, how Thor gets banished to a random town in like New Mexico, let's say, you know, like somewhere in the, in the West um, that that's kind of where it is. And you know how like Hulk uh, has some ties to like nuclear testing and gamma radiation in the West and everything like that. So it's some sort of tree in the West in the desert, you know, where like no one's going to go that sort of thing. So at some point Hulk in marvel continuity has stopped there and he's like so lonely he's being hunted and in a rare expression of loneliness he he tears up out of frustration and loneliness and he tears up in front of this tree and it frees loki as as a kid as this kid frost giant he's he's blue and he's a child and he sees hulk this giant green monster and he's used to being around frost giants the last thing he can remember so he he's kind of like Please take care of me. And Hulk kind of sees him as like he takes pity on him. <laughs> you, just, you just you cry next to a tree and then you have a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And Hulk's oh, just like, oh, take, what? You know, the kid's and, like, please take care of me. Like, what? Oh, man. Oh. And he's just like kind of it just changes Hulk's sort of thing. He's like, OK. And, you know, because he has enhanced strength as a as a frost giant, like he, he can't really hurt him as as much as as he normally could like a regular kid so he they form in this unlikely pair this sort of lone wolf and cub sort of storyline and as they move through the world they become more and more like partners like loki grows up and uses wit and intelligence to help hulk in encounters and innate illusion magics to to aid the hulk in battle um you know he, he he's able to help hulk calm down and turn into banner and and um, Banner helps him with like studying and, and getting more into science. So it's a different kind of Loki. Um, I, I imagine and I imagine like he's not referred to as Loki. And just to kind of throw a little nod in there, I would say that Banner would call him David. So he'd become David oh, Banner. Yeah. yeah. You know? So it's David mm -hmm. Banner and, and um, good Bruce nod. Banner. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's able to, able to help control his anger. So he's kind of like this. Uh, you know, using illusion magic to be like, okay, you're, you're calming down. It's, it's okay. Let's get out of here, dad. And, and, uh, and that's, it's, it's 
you know, Bruce and David kind of going on adventures and Loki and and Hulk in this nice. alternate what if timeline. I, I thought yeah. I think it would be sweet. And they're really tight and they're really like close with each other. And it's just like an, an alternate kind of thing where these this this pair would not be somebody that would be like a father and son kind of thing. But I think it would be a, a fun thing to have like this little blue frost giant kid and a big green you know, rage monster um, end up being an unlikely um, pair. Blueberry and a green bean. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for those that might be confused about the David thing, in the Hulk live action TV show with Lou Ferrigno, mm-hmm. they didn't call him Bruce Banner. They called him David Banner. Uh, yeah. for some reason they didn't like the alliteration on television or something it was weird well i I, I, th- I think both of those would be really fun i agree i i think once again our things should come into reality so you know marvel if you want these amazing stories we've already <laughs> published this and uh give us our paycheck thank you <laughs> all right well it's time to close the book on loki so until next time this is chris and this is lance Reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer. Mischief Manage? Mischief managed.